Radius with a heavy heart, I address you this morning. We've pre-recorded this message that you're about to take in, and it does not capture some of the events that have taken place in the last 24, 48 uh, hours, and uh, we will catch that up in seven in seven days. So if you would, take in this content. It still applies. I don't want it to come off trite in light of all that's going off on this week. I really wanted to challenge you to be people of prayer, and we need to fight to stay together. I trust you with that. Hey, I've got some exciting news for you if you're a partner at Radius. You know we, we like to make disciples, we like to plant churches, and live generously. And today we're really excited to introduce you to Scott and Jess Schufert. They have moved their family down from Greenville to downtown Columbia, and they are preparing to plant a Radius downtown. So hopefully over the coming weeks, you're going to get to meet them at every single campus. They'll come through. Hopefully you get to say something to them or reach out to them via email and just introduce yourselves. And I know you'll be excited about this new project. Years ago, Scott and I met uh, and got to hang out with these guys, uh, with Jess and Cheryl as well, as we planted Radius Greenville, which was one of the very first things Radius Lexington did. And we sat at a restaurant called Jeans and we ate some wonderful three-in-one food that was full of grease, and I, I loved every minute of it. Now close, it was a sad story, but nonetheless, we, we really developed a relationship around Jesus and his word and dreamed about maybe a day like today. So I'm excited to introduce you to these guys. I'm going to let them tell you a little bit more about themselves, and I'm going to get off the screen. And thanks, John. It, it really is crazy to sit and think how everything's come uh, full circle, and uh, thank you for the role that you've played in my life and the life of our family. Um, our story I started at Furman University um, almost 20 years ago, and uh, ministry has just been a huge part of that. Uh, we were both collegiate athletes, and um, our lives with Jesus really, really took uh, kind of full color there. And we realized how God's kingdom and our life um, can really, really come together and, and just bring strength and, and beauty um, to our family. And uh, from there, I uh, spent 10 years working with Fellowship of Christian Athletes um, at Furman, and we would minister to coaches and athletes. And then I spent the last two years on staff at a church up in Greenville, and, and now I'm sitting on the verge of this new adventure, trying to see how God would want to weave um, both of those chapters together um, into uh, some beauty here in Columbia. So excited um, to see uh, what God has in store. So uh, we've been in ministry together for uh, the last 12 years of marriage, almost 13. And uh, the past two years, it's been real unique to see the power of the local church. So the first 10 years of ministry, we were um, working with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And the last two years, the church, uh, you just see the beauty of the engine that is behind the local church because of the power of the people. Uh, and, and that's y'all. And uh, so we're really excited to be able to partner with Radius and launch this campus in downtown Columbia. And I just wanted to say thank you. I want to say thank you to John and Cheryl um, and the whole Reeves family uh, for uh, just thinking of us as the opportunity to, to do this. And I wanted to thank Meg and Joe Pitts um, and Derek and Tessa when we came down and interviewed and just for your uh, just grace and uh, answering all of our questions and uh, your confidence in us having the ability to, to do this. And I just wanted to thank the body. Um, we've heard of y'all praying and fasting for um, our family over these past few months. And uh, it's been a challenge taking, uh, selling a house and, and buying a house and uh, with our four kiddos. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Um, and thank you for 
uh, just what, what you've done to, to make this moment possible. You know, Paul says at the end of Colossians um, in, in chapter 1, and he's talking to the folks that, that he's leading and he's, he's bleeding with and he's doing life together, and he says, guys, this is the point. that We're here to lift up Jesus so that everyone around us can be made fully mature in Christ. And, and I know that that's God's goal for our lives. Uh, that's God's goal for, for his family of faith. And, and I know that's Radius's goal um, here in the Midlands is to see people made fully mature and fully alive in Jesus. And we are um, ecstatic, humbled, um, excited to see what he has in store downtown. Um, so we'd love your prayers for our family. Um, like Jess said, we have four little boys and they're adjusting in their own ways. And um, just as we get our feet on the ground here in a place we've never lived, uh, we, we value your, your um, connections, your insight. Um, thank you for the meals that you've brought. It's been amazing. Um, and just would love your prayers also for what God's doing downtown, that he would cultivate the soil, that he'd cultivate hearts, um, that he'd bring leaders, and that we together could see the gospel break forth. Um, so thank you. Look forward to meeting you um, here in the next couple of weeks. And um, I'd love to pray uh, for us and for Radius and for what God's doing. So let's pray. Oh, Father, um, you're amazing. Your plan is perfect. Um, your power is perfect. And long before time began, you, you had this moment um, sketched out. Uh, you said that you prepared it in advance uh, for us, uh, Shufords, to walk into and for Radius to walk into. And God, for new um, partners in this adventure um, that might answer your call to come and join us to walk into. Um, so we just beg you, lead the way. If you don't go before us, we don't want to go, but we know that as you come with us that your kingdom comes. So we pray it would break forth um, in great power and uh, that we could be caught up in something so much bigger than ourselves and that you would get the glory. So we give you the glory. Father, we love you and we, we bless you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I hope that encourages you. It really encourages me. We often pray for workers for the harvest and uh, there they are, and, and a new radius is opening up to us, and we'll be, we're excited to see what the Lord's going to do through Scott and Jess. I just want to remind a lot of you guys and ladies that they go to Zoe's or Waffle House or your restaurant of choice and sit with a younger brother or sister in Christ and talk about the Bible. Hey, there's no telling where that's leading. There's no telling what all this time that you're investing in somebody else, where it's going. And I, I mean, I personally am just thrilled to think about Scott and Jess uh, taking the good news to, to the Gamecocks of all people, right? That is, is going to be a great mission. So celebrate with me as, as we go forward. What I'd love to do is I'm going to pray for them again by name. And then uh, we're going to open up Philippians chapter 4. Jesus, uh, I, I've already spoken to you about these guys. I want to speak to you again about Scott and Jess and pray that you would... Uh, show favor on them as they move in, take care of their boys, really give them uh, success as they go after your mission downtown. So thankful to have them as a part of our team. Uh, we're excited about what you're going to do with them. Please, Lord, take your word, take my, the words out of my mouth, bring them to life and, and address us directly this morning. Pray that your word really pick at us a little bit. I feel like this message will have some zip and might even hurt us a little bit. But do that in a healthy way, Lord, where we can handle it. We trust you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we finally made it to the end of the book of Philippians. 
And uh, in this chapter is actually, according to version, which there are 400 million users. There's a little app. If you don't have it on your phone, it's a great app. It's a Bible app. 400 million users say that Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 was the uh, most important or the favorite verse of 2019. So it was used over and over and over as people uh, dealt with day-to-day life. Let me read it to you out of the NLT. Here it is, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Maybe you heard it in, in, in another translation that went something like this. Be anxious about nothing. You remember, remember that? But in everything, pray. And, and then he goes through the details and it actually closes with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. So our whole nation, or at least the 400 million people in our nation and, and around the world that took in the word through you version just, just really fixated on that verse in 2019, which is kind of funny because here we are in 2020 and the world's even more chaotic and we certainly need the peace of God as that verse kind of points us to with our anxiety. What I would love to do today is take chapter four and, and take this verse that's so popular and, and drop it in context because the verse is great all by itself, but in context, I think particularly for our times, it's going to push us to uh, think about how we're handling this uh, COVID stress that is placed upon all of us. Just reminding you, Paul's writing this letter to people that he loves, right? He's in house, on house arrest, and uh, he's writing back to this town in Philippi where there's a church. It's not a large church. A lot of people think it's a very modest-sized church, so it's, so it's not a huge place. And he, he's trying to lead these people to following Jesus and continue to set a great example in that town. Um, he starts with very loving words in chapter 4. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you, and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown that I receive for my work. I just, this is how I imagine it, if, you, if you'll put up with me for a minute. I, I picture Paul at the end of a very long dinner table. On the left and the right are folks from the church at Philippi, and them taking in a meal, and him, even though he's writing from prison, speaking out loud to his family, to and their brothers and sisters. They've all believed in the Lord, the brothers and sisters. And in many ways, he's their father in that he led the beginning group to Jesus. Uh, and so once they came to Christ and got saved, then they led some more. So it's kind of like he's got some grandkids down further, maybe even has some great-grandkids at the at the end of the table. And these folks, he says, are his crown. There's a great verse in Proverbs. It says this, children's children are the crown of old men. <laughs> in other words, old men like myself, when we have grandkids, that, that, that's our crown. And, and why does he say that? Well, because I, I, I prove a lot by how I raise my six kids. And you can look at my six kids and you can sign to see me and all of them, our training and our love and our discipline uh, speak loudly through the six kids, but it's really proven through the next generation. Like what we gave to those kids, right? What Cheryl and I gave to the six, what they give to our grandkids and how they develop will really prove all that love and affection, discipline, and training. 
And as Paul looks down this table, he just looks at them and he just sees them as a crown of his work as it's multiplied from his first disciples. Remember Lydia and the Philippian jailer and and, uh, the the young girl who was demon-possessed and he set her free and now they've made disciples. And there they are down the table. And so it's this, this crown on Paul's head. So he comes to the table. Maybe you dads or moms do this when you sit down. Sometimes it's just a great time. and There's a lot of joy and you address the kids with love. And then he's got this one concern. I don't know how you do it. I've got five sons, so I can incorporate a little sarcasm. I always tell Mariah that this is difficult because I I, I speak to the boys often in just a few words. And Mariah sometimes wants a paragraph. But nonetheless, our table can be a little direct when it's a little out of line. And Paul looks at the church of Philippi and he addresses them very directly. And I want you to take it in because I think we need to hear it at Radius. The church in the United States needs to hear it right now. I think it's really important. He says this. I appeal to Judea and Syntyche, and he says, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. So these are two ladies. I imagine one sitting down at that end of the table and one sitting up here closer, and he calls them by name, not the easiest names in the world to pronounce, and he, he just calls it out what it is. He says, I need y'all to settle that disagreement. And then he calls on the people at the rest of the table. He says, and I ask you, my true partner, to help me with these two women. For they've worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. All these people who know Jesus at the table, their names are written in the book of life. And, and we got two of them that are having a pretty good disagreement. And Paul's like, I need y'all to help them work that out. I kept thinking of uh, Euodia. Probably none of you are going to name your daughter this, but Euodia showing up at Publix. And heading to the cereal aisle, I love some peanut butter checks. I don't know why they're just terrific. But I can imagine her heading down the aisle to get her peanut butter checks. And, and down at the end of the cereal aisle, she sees somebody that looks like Sintiki. And she, she, looks at, she, she calls out Sintiki's name. They've, they've known each other. They were in a Bible study together. And they, they actually helped plant the church there in Philippi with Paul. She calls her out. And when Sintiki turns around to see Euodia, Sintiki's got on a mask. (laughs) Euodia doesn't. And they look at each other and they don't know what to do with each other because uh, at Euodia's house, her husband's been railing against this hoax that's coming from China and something about Bill Gates and, and all of this crazy stuff. And eventually, Euodia is able to actually work it into her mind that uh, anybody who's wearing a mask doesn't have faith that they're dominated by fear. And this, this relationship that once had all this life to it that actually birthed the church in their town <laughs> is in danger. At the same time, Satiki, as she turns around and sees Euodia without a mask, out in public, breathing on everybody. And her mom's been at home watching the TV and and has heard how dangerous this can be. And it's just, she keeps watching the numbers ratchet up of deaths and sicknesses. And and it continues to grow. And 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 she really feels like it's the responsible thing for a believer to do if they're out in public, wear a mask, right? And eventually she would actually say, anybody who doesn't wear one doesn't love their neighbor. And all of a sudden... Something like a virus finds its way not into our nose or mouth to make us sick, but in our hearts to divide the people of God. 
scares me to death. I, uh, I really want to put pressure on us, Radius, to stand out among all people in Lexington, Saluda, Irmo, in the Midlands, to stand out among all people and push through the temptation to separate from one another over the political stuff, over the, uh, all the debate. I mean, so much of it is so unclear, but what is clear is that we're supposed to be centered on Christ and that you and I, if you know Jesus, our names are in the book of life. And so some of this stuff that's dividing our people and the dividing our land is, is uh, man, it is so destructive. Are we going to let all the good work that God has done through us, some of us, right? We've, we've served him for years. Are we going to let all that good work go because of some of the stuff that's spinning in the air right now. What's crazy is that once you let a little bit of it slip in, then it, then it kind of almost gets stupid. Like, like you eventually are making fun of Euodia for how many vowels are in her name, right? It doesn't even make sense. And, and then when you look at Sintiki, you're actually saying, hey, the first part of your name is sin. I'm, I, no wonder you believe that. And the next thing you know, it just comes completely off the rails and we look foolish. It's confusing to the world when it's a moment when we could lead beyond all others. Here's how Paul, Paul responds to the division that's developing in the little spots at the church of Philippi. He says, NLT reads, always be full of joy in the Lord, and I say it again, rejoice. When I was a kid, they'd teach you this song. You'd sing it real sweet like children do. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And it, it seemed like this really fun little song about being happy. When in reality, I, I, I can kind of picture Paul sitting at the end of the table of a group of people that he really loves. He's looking down at Euodia. I don't know if you do this at your table. Make a little eye contact. Make a little eye contact with Sintiki, and then look straight down the middle of the table and say, rejoice in the Lord. For goodness sakes, rejoice in the Lord. It seems like you guys are rejoicing in something else, like you're centered on something else. It almost seems like maybe you're rejoicing in Trump or rejoicing in, in Obama. You're rejoicing in something other than Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord and move back together. Verse 5 is wonderful. It says, let everyone see that you're considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. ESV actually says, let everyone see your reasonableness. <laughs> That's a great line for us, the followers of Jesus, right? So if you were to look at your social media feed, do you look like you're reasonable? When, if we could overhear some of the conversations that you're having, even in small groups, are you, are you reasonable? Does, does it look like you uh, are considerate around, about the folks around you? We're supposed to stand out that way. We're supposed to be, as the followers of Jesus, the ones that set the stage for all that. Why? Because he's coming back. He's coming back soon. I believe that uh, Paul's referring to the rapture here. He believes the Lord could come back any moment and take us to be with himself. And so he's saying, hey, it's not time to be divided. It's time to be unified because of the name of Jesus. And then comes the famous verse, right? Verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
So what's he saying? He's actually talking to some folks that are struggling to be unified. Perhaps Sintiki sitting down here won't even look down at the end of the table at Euodia. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. And then he says, don't worry about anything, right? Pray about everything. So get some of this. uh, Other translations use the word anxiety there or anxiousness. So lift that anxiety, all your frustration with Euodia down there. Lift that off of your shoulders and pray about her. Pray her name out loud. (laughs) It'd be interesting for some of y'all that are consumed with the political landscape to when we're done talking today to pray out loud for Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi. Like, like you may at some level have a really hard time doing that without at least throwing in some little bit of sarcasm. Or, but you know what? It will be crazy if those two could get along, if there was some humility there, if God were to break in on them. He actually instructs us in our word to pray for our government, government <laughs> our governor. We pray for McMaster. It would be really interesting if the believers of Jesus Christ would stop talking because it seems like the talking could just builds this continual angst among us. us. And the next thing you know, we're not even looking at each other at the table. It doesn't make any sense. We worship the king of glory, the king of kings. All these other people we might pray for by name, they submit to him. He snaps his finger. Their life's over. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. I really like the way the ESV leads, reads. It says, with thanksgiving, uh, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So there's this attitude. There's this attitude despite all the chaos where we're thankful for what the Lord has given us, particularly, and we usually have the Lord's Supper right out here in front of all of our churches, particularly in Christ's broken body, his spilled blood that has redeemed you from your sins. So he's saying, hey, thank him. Talk with thanksgiving in your heart. Like it should be your attitude that you're thankful to be able to bring this stuff before him and let, let him lift that anxiousness off of your shoulders. Verse seven, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So there's this offer to those of us that would pray, lift our anxiousness, uh, give it to the Lord that he would give us his peace. I gotta tell you, man, if there's something the Midlands needs right now, Something our, our nation needs right now is a group of people that live in peace. <laughs> Even better, that understands God's peace. And we're able to carry it in our hands and with our minds and with our mouths to our neighbors. This is a wonderful time for the church to lead and lead people toward the peace, to the peace that God has. First eight is often read out of context as well. Because you kind of lose connection to these verses before all this division. It's just brewing under the surface. Paul says to the people, and now, dear brothers and sisters, again, looking down the table, right? Uh, One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things uh, that are excellent 
and worthy of praise. So you know what I believe he's saying? I believe he's, he's looking right over here at Euodia. And then down the tables to Tiki, he's saying, Euodia, I, I know you don't like it that Santiki's wearing a mask and she thinks you ought to. But isn't she a wonderful mother? How about dwelling on that? Doesn't she do a wonderful job with uh, the kids back in the kids' ministry? Sintiki, have you ever seen Euodia with her hand? You know she's a genuine worshiper and you've watched her work. You've heard her share some wonderful things from God's word and you're focused on the fact that she doesn't have a mask on? It's this great moment where he's like, hey, how about focusing on all the good things that God's done in the two of you, in the group of us? Instead of focusing on what we don't agree on. Verse 9, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then God, the God of peace will be with you. And then he transitions. He makes this uh, really cool plug in the, in the final verses of this chapter. Let me, I'm going to read through them kind of quickly. I'll comment on briefly. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. These people love Paul. I know you have always been concerned for me. You, uh, you didn't have the chance to help me, uh, verse 11. Not that, I've, uh, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content in whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. And then this famous verse that most of us have learned, we see Tim Tebow put it on his little patch under his eye, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Did you catch the context? The context is probably not always about winning. He's actually saying, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, even when it goes all wrong. As a matter of fact, when I have nothing to eat, I can live because I have strength in Christ. This is a great time for us to take inventory of whether we really believe that verse or not. Let me, let me ask you a couple pointed questions. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do with or without college football season, right? I'll be fine in the fall. With, I, mean, I love some college football. I would, if I could, I'd watch two football games every Saturday in the fall. But because of Christ and because of the relationship with him, I can, I can do without that, right? Some of y'all, when the restaurant's closed, it crushed you. You're like, how, how am I going to live without a Russ's chili cheeseburger and some fries and, and that coleslaw? I put pepper in my, I mean, how am I going to live with, without that? And yet we, we know better. I can do all things through Christ. I don't, I don't need all that. I can live with it. It's really fun when I get it, but I can still be really healthy without. I can live with church in all sorts of different settings, right? I'm going to be okay if we have to meet outside. I know some of y'all, it's hot, and that makes you a little uncomfortable, so just come really early. Bring a fan. Bring something to cover you if, if you feel comfortable getting out uh, because I guarantee for some of us, we got tickets to the Gamecocks games in 90, and it's 92 out. We're going to be there. Like, like I, can, I, I can do it. I'm going to flex. I mean, so, some folks are really worried about what all this is going to the, do to the church in the United States. And I'm just going to tell you, man, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. The church will adjust. 
the people of God want to be together because we want to rejoice in the Lord and we'll figure it out. If we have to meet in garages and, and, and do it that way, then we will. If we meet in parking lots, if we get to come back in the building and sit in the air, we're going to do it. So don't let any of that discourage us. He says, for I can do all things, everything through Christ who gives me strength, whether I have a little, whether I've got air conditioning or not. We've got a friend in India named Stephen Joseph. He's, he's a partner of Radius. He's a guy that we support financially. He's a great, he's, he's native to India and he's a great missionary to his own country. And I'm going to tell you something, boy, this, this difficult time for them has just inspired them to do more. They only have a few hours in the morning where they can get out of their house. They're that locked down. And so the Christians, particularly the church planters and the missionaries in that area, in their three-hour block of time when they can get out of their tiny little house, nothing like yours, they can get out of their tiny little house, they are out trying to provide a way for folks to eat in their town. And they bust it for three hours to get it all done. And then this horn rings or, or sounds, and they've got to the end of the horn to get back to the house. And if they don't, folks are out there with, with uh, canes whacking them. So there's this, I don't know, man, for us, we need to follow their example. They're taking this as an opportunity to stand out in their community, unified for the cause of Christ. Verse 15, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help to me there more than once. I don't say this because I want, to, I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. What's he, what's he saying to him? He's saying, but y'all been great to me. You, uh, you financed me in different parts of my journey. You've made it possible for me to leave your town and go to another town and plant another church and share the gospel in that town. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I hope you felt that when Scott and Jess came up here and told their story. Some of y'all have been generous to Radius through the years. You sent me to Greenville back in the day, and, and look what's happening. Now, now your generosity is actually making a way for that young couple to come to downtown Columbia and serve. Praise, praise God. It just makes me happy all over. There's all this joy that's in the giving to the cause of Christ. And when we take our eyes of all the chaos that wants to divide us and we fix our eyes back on Christ and the cause of Christ, there's all this joy and happiness that comes back into view. It makes us be able to sit at the table and look at each other. And you can see Euodia look down at Syntyche and, and wink at her. Like, remember back in the day when we shared the gospel with Mrs. Smith down there on the corner? That's a better name for it. Mrs. Smith down on the corner. And she believed and looked. There she is at the end of the table. And remember when we shared the gospel with, with Joe right, right over there. Now, he's no longer there because he went to the town down the road. And he's been sharing the gospel there. You remember that? And all of a sudden... Oh, the mask, the politics, they go away and we find ourselves unified in the greatest mission in the history of the world. Thank you for being a part of this deal. Thank you for joining online because you want to continue to participate. I can't wait to see what God does with us in the coming days as he gives us opportunity to represent him in one of the craziest times in, in recent history. Let me read you this last verse just in closing. 
Paul says, at this at, at the moment, I have all that I need and more. I'm generously supplied. Again, thanking them for their gifts. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God, our Father, for, forever and ever. Amen. This is a pretty cool charge to close out this great book. It's, it, it amazes me how God takes his word and he uh, aligns it with exactly what we need to hear in a season. Hopefully this will uh, press you and encourage you as you get ready for this week. Let's pray together. Father, as we go into yet another week and tomorrow roll into a new month, Oh, man, a lot of us, Lord, would know, like to know exactly what's coming next, but we trust you. And right now, we together, Lord, we want to rejoice in you, Jesus. <laughs> we encourage each other again to rejoice in you. Some of us have been caught up a little bit in the chaos, and it's gotten us sideways with either other people in radius or other people across the the globe, and uh, it's got us distracted from who you are. Uh, forgive us. We confess that, Lord. And bring us back into your peace and show us again how to live in unity and be on mission for your cause, Jesus. I trust you with these words. I pray that you'd land them exactly how they need to land in, in uh, our great body's hearts. We trust you, Jesus. Amen.